It's Thursday, October 1st, 2020, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 283, A Weapon to Surpass Tank. Runtime for this episode is 1 hour and 25 minutes. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, a podcast to surpass Metal Gear. My name is Jeremy. I'm the only thing keeping us from going full Hideo Kojima. I'm Tyler. <sighs> and explaining the plot of Metal Gear Solid 2 is Zach. <laughs> yeah, th- this episode brought to you by, we're all tired, but we've put off recording this episode for like six weeks because our lives are awful. It's- so we have to do it at some point, and that's today. Who are you? I'm Metal Zach. Gear? I'm really sorry I had to lift a ton of boxes today i'm i'm wiped were they cardboard they were cardboard and they were all full of paper too snake see i I don't think we had any that had snake in them they weren't that big i got seven hours of sleep which should be fine but man it feels like i got one and i don't have any sleep debt to work off either I've been sleeping too much, in fact. I was going to say seven hours. That sounds heavenly. But then I realized, like, I got basically eight hours of sleep last night. So when I worked, I functioned off six just fine. Now that I'm not 10 seals like too few. And I'm pretty sure that's depression. But that is probably true. I can operate on like two hours of sleep just fine. So long as I don't do it for too long. I can't anymore. I'm running on too much of a chronic sleep deficit to not get a full night's sleep every night. I need to just take a month off and just sleep the entire month. I, I just get progressively so. <laughs> more and more irritable the more days I run on that light sleep. And you guys already know I'm pretty much an <laughs> irritable guy to begin with. I just have progressively more hallucinations. See, I've never so. hallucinated because I'm tired. Um, I have actually only once. Uh, there was a there was a period in high school where I was really sick and couldn't sleep or eat for like an entire week. And towards the end of that week, I started seeing colors, and that was weird. When I get sick enough, I do start having super vivid dreams, which are usually about video games, <laughs> and I start forgetting that real life mechanics aren't video game mechanics. Like I, I'm like, how can I move here on this square grid? And I'm like, Jeremy, that's not how the world works. You need to have more fever medication. I had one of those moments where I had one of those random dreams where it's like, this is a nightmare, but it shouldn't have been. Like I had a dream and I remembered it of I went into work and they're like, congratulations, you've been promoted to the CEO. And I'm like <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And, and, like, I had a fear response to that. And I'm like, oh, God, no. Yeah, well, as someone who referred to his promotion of manager as feeling like everybody above me in rank died and <laughs> I got filled up. Yeah, yes. Responsibility is scary. Can yeah. confirm. It was just one of those random things where it's like, this shouldn't be terrifying me in my dreams. Now I know how Jeremy feels about that that used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was sleep paralysis. <laughs> Like, similar thing, but it was... Because the thing was, like, I was awake enough to, like, open my eyes and see my door, but, like, the dream was going on at the same time, and I'm like, just sit up. Just, like, get up. You can do it. It's fine. And my body's like, no, I'm too scared to sit up. Are you familiar with that one meme of a uh, car salesman slapping the roof of a car, and you can fit so much whatever in this? Yeah. Um, I'm just imagining a guy going, you can fit so much drama in this. <laughs> well, it wasn't even drama. Trauma. 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 Okay. trauma. I, I realize I did say it in like a I, I was imagining his face becoming grotesque or something and I've seen a lot of like variations on that. One of my favorites was Car Salesman slaps Gauss rifle Gauss rifle explodes. <laughs> so what have you been playing, Gauss rifle? Oh jeez. Yeah. Exploding oh, Gauss boys. rifleman. Yeah, we uh, haven't recorded in like 
two Holy, metric we days. We have not recorded since we rebuilt my computer. Has it been that long? It's been that man. We, we've not recorded last time since we rebuilt my computer. Oh man! Because I was really excited to talk about finally getting a chance to talk about Betrayal and uh, that other yeah. game that you brought over. I liked that. That one needs a bigger group. I can't even remember. Yes, what it's called it does. Um, it, it really does. Hunters and Shadows. Yeah, I always yeah. want to call it Rage Shadow Legends, which is absolutely not what it is. <laughs> I really liked that one, but yeah. Tyler was right. It really yeah. needed. Uh, we need at least five people. For more people, because that one was. Everybody has a face-down character, and you're trying to figure out who's on your team without... This is a board game, by the way, folks. Yeah, so it's a board game. Yeah, I guess it is a board game. But you're trying to use information and cards and stuff to find out who's on your team and who's not and kill the right people. It's like a better version of Werewolf. It turns out there are a million better versions of Werewolf. And then It's a more mechanical version of Werewolf. I don't know that I think it's better. I mean, like, I think it's arguable, is what I'm saying. That's fair. I uh, certainly think you think it's better than a werewolf. I'm not trying to say, no, you're wrong about your feelings. Because that's the worst way to convince someone of anything. That is true. Uh, yeah, no, it is definitely a more mechanical version of werewolf. Um, and we finally got a chance to play the copy of Betrayal on House on Haunted Hill. Or that, I was looking at it, and it's not entirely... I've always thought of it as Betrayal of How on at House on Haunted Hill, and I don't think that's what it's actually it's called. Because House Na- on Haunted Hill is trademarked. So. Yeah, because that's a movie. Yeah, and book. Well, we finally opened that and played it. I won. It was I was fun. like, y'all finally played that. I played an entire entire Betrayal Legacy game last year. I can so. still <laughs> say we finally played that because that game has been closed and in my basement for yes. over a year. I mean, I still have Trogdor the board game, the Teen Titans deck building game, which I don't know when I bought that. It's when we went to uh, Village Inn that one time. Is that the... Uh... I'm trying to remember what the name of that system is. It yes, I can't remember. It's the same it's one as um. It's the same system, or it's supposed to be compatible with the, te- with the yeah, Attack on Titan one. So you should definitely get around to playing that at some point because one of my super super board game obsessed friends that is her favorite game. That that game, not that version of the game, but the, uh, that t- the Teen Titan one specifically oh, really? is okay. her favorite. Huh? So. Interesting. I do like a Teen Titans. But we got uh, another one that is the same system, but I'm trying to remember what the hell that is. I don't even remember what the flavor of it is. I know Attack on Titan is supposed to use the same system. Cerberus but. system is what it's called, yes. Um, I'm really surprised I pulled that out of my ass. Me too. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. Proper nouns are not going to be a thing today. I didn't even say we played Metal Gear Solid 2, which we did and we'll get to. Uh, but I'm going to like forget everything about it, I feel like. And this is going to be a bad episode. So sorry, Metal Gear fans, which there are a lot of on our Discord. I love this game, but I don't know I'm going to do a good episode on it. Go on, I Zach. didn't. Like, me and Kevin played a bunch of uh, Payday 2. We didn't get anybody else in on that. It was, And you can blame Russian Badger for that, because he did a couple of videos, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember Payday 2. I love Payday 2. It's a fun game. Whereas I played Stick More RAM in your computer, as long as it turns on, it worked fine. Oh wait, no, it didn't work. I have no RAM in my computer now, and nothing runs. Um, we played <laughs> a bit of Monster fun. Hunter, and then just to make things even more fun on the throwback... We started playing League of Legends again. Oh no, that's I'm my so fault. Sorry. It's that's Jeremy's fault. Never mind. Jeremy's champ- so sorry. <laughs> their newest champion is broken, but really fun. It's Dante from Devil May Cry. Only she's a girl. Like she's fun. I liked playing her. I haven't played any games on Summoner's Rift that are actually against people. Because usually when Jeremy gets on, it's like we're gonna play. It's like we're getting close to that part where I stop gaming for the night. So did a bunch of painting. I finally painted up my firstborn Marines and my one of my infiltrators. I think I'm getting that whole artist thing of I think they all look terrible. Um, there's actually a bunch of pictures in our uh, tabletop gaming thing. For yeah, that. I was scrolling through those. Join our Discord. Plug, plug, plug. www.lastpodcast.com is our website. You can find the link to our Discord there if you want to yell at us about how we're wrong about Metal Gear or tell us the Impulse Gundam is great, actually, and we're dumb. 
or uh, <laughs> if you want to look on- at Zach's Space Marines. Well, it's not just mine. Or I'm- vote on the best ship wife. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still playing Azure Lane. Um, I should play the actual computer game. I bought it a while back. I just haven't played it. Is there a difference? Um, the phone game in the like the computer game is like a third person action game type of thing. Oh, interesting. S- same general premise though. Yeah, they same are premise. ship girls they in a bullet hell. Girls. They have it's not really a bullet hell. I don't know how to describe it. I played a little bit of it. I thought it was okay, but I didn't really get around to playing it in depth or seriously because I've been kind of on the side of like I'm having difficulty getting into any long term games. Like I played a bunch of Fallout Four, and I'm like. I like this game. It's running a lot better than it did before, but I'm having a difficult time actually like, yeah, I'm going to get back, you know, go into it more and more. But that's also partly because Fallout 4 is not really that good. I've heard it's up there as far as Fallout games go, but that also everyone's or not everyone, but most people still prefer New Vegas. Well, one of the problems with Fallout 4 is like you're looking for your kid. Eh. You'd think you'd be more laser focused instead of being like, I'm looking for my kid. Ooh, look, a shiny thing. It's okay. Being in a vault for so long developed severe ADHD. Well, you were frozen. Like, that's the explanation. Your character was from before the bombs dropped and they were cryogenically frozen. Yeah, and they're like, I need to find my kid. On the other hand, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, so what, like, what, wouldn't your kid be dead? They uh, were cryogenically frozen, too. Oh, Like, okay. your character, your character's spouse. So into the unknown. And, then, <laughs> and someone comes by, grabs your kid from your spouse, shoots your spouse, and leaves. And then your character thaws out, apparently, a, while, a little while later. So you're out looking for them. The twist, obviously, is that your kid is, like, 30 now. Yeah. He's older than that. He's, like, 50. But, yeah, so, like, that's the whole thing. But you'd think a parent would be laser-focused after that, but instead I'm like, hey, look, a building to explore. Hey, look, there's something over here. Hey, look, a a cabin. It's that Gendo Ikari style of parenting. (laughs) They'll be fine. Yeah, so, like, that's okay. It's, It's not bad. It's not great. League of Legends is, well, kind of what it's always been. I need to look up what that thing was because now it's going to drive me insane. What There's thing? a piece of art equipment that I was telling Jeremy he should have bought against this one dude. And I can't remember what it's called in part because it's been years since I played League of Legends and never really bought it to begin with. I keep trying to guilt Tyler into playing um, Payday with us. One of these days. I do actually want to play it. It's installed on my fancy new Solid State drive. Me and Kevin finally got me to clear most of monster hunter iceborne like i think there's one more monster i have to take down as part of the actual storyline and it's uh even more evil nergigante it's like it's like metal nergigante no ruiner (laughs) nergigante that's what he's called um metal war Gregante. yeah pretty much i really liked the fight against kushala deora that was they're not kushala deora what is his freaking name something valda maybe i don't know The, the final monster that you like the big dude that shows up like because the first part of the fight is you have to knock off like his rock armor then you knock you get that off and the fight changes entirely it's really cool I, i really liked it this is somewhat tangent but one of the let's players i watched decided that he was going to play marvel vs capcom infinite to just make fun of the story which is terrible is that the one that no that's not the one that it involves scientist ryu hanging out with the hulk it does have a bit where a monster hunter tries to fight the hulk (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but it's not as good as you want that to oh be. i just thought um weren't they making a monster hunter live action thing is, is that still coming out is that still a thing i don't think I, movies are a thing anymore i have no and, idea what you're talking unless about. unless you're tom cruise and you just rent two cruise ships to film a mission impossible 
because you're Tom Cruise. They they announced, I think, last year that they were making a Monster Hunter movie. Capcom licensed it, and I think, and someone picked up the option. It was in product pre-production, I think. I, think, I thought production. they had like a trailer for it. There is a trailer that came out in February. So probably they're holding off on releasing that until movie theaters exist. That's never going to happen. So. Uh, I mean, they were kind of on the way out anyway. Starring Mila Jovovich. She does all the terrible video game movies. Yeah, so. well. Th- is it directed Licensed by Uwe Boll? I re- I'm, I'm about to find out. No, Paul. Written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Huh. The name is familiar. What else has he done? You're uh, you're thinking of a different guy, a different W.S. Anderson, which is odd, but I can't think of what. <laughs> he did uh, There Will Be Blood, and well, this it, guy it's not the same guy. Produced the Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he also is best known as the creative voice behind the Resident Evil film series, which I... <laughs> That's definitely Uwe Boll, right? No, no, that's not Actually, Uwe Boll, Resident, the Resident Evil movies weren't great, but, like, the first ones were okay. I mean, the latter ones are great, but they become uh, Mad Max movies with zombies instead of our Resident Evil movies. And, you know, the main character, Mila Jogovich, has psychic control over flame that she uses to burn zombie birds when they're attacking them on the bus. And Chris is there. <laughs> and Chris is there. Well, that's Very similar accurate. to his role in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Where he's just hanging out with Captain America, and Captain America's always like, Commander Redfield, you need to go liberate Thanos from this crap. Commander Redfield? Yeah. Yeah. He gets promoted. Oh, no, for whatever reason, in my head, I was thinking, why the hell are you talking about Jill? But no, like, Chris's last name is Redfield, has always been Redfield, and Jill's last name is Valentine. Yeah, I'm just an idiot. Um, Also, they're making another new Resident Evil movie. Is it just Monster Hunter? Is that just the new Resident Evil movie is Monster Hunter? (laughs) That would be hilarious. Now, now if there's a psychic person with control over flame that burns a bunch of zombie birds in the Monster Hunter movie. Didn't the Resident Evil movies end with Mila Jovovich? the last one. Because I think, at one point, they had just like all of her as clones like she had a clone army of her i do remember this vaguely i'm sorry oh no oh no an elite military force led by lieutenant artemis all through a portal is it an isekai isekai, yes (laughs) (laughs) no the is the monster hunter yes no i I knew the monster hunter was supposed to be an isekai i remember Uh, looking at that before they meet jaw who helps them survive in the world and fight against the monsters as they seek a way home there is a character named link in this like, did they just read a Penny Arcade and like, this is fine as a script to a movie. This isn't a cliche hack job of a comic. We can just make this the plot to our real ass Hollywood movie and it's fine. Yeah, I, the kids love an isekai. I, I, I knew that was an isekai. I, I thought there were a couple of other movies that were coming, but I can't remember what they are now. That I was uh, like, that sounds like it could be fun or that sounds like a colossal mistake. I hope they call it an isekai at some point. It just <laughs> reminds me of... Uh, the Netflix show Space Force, which was not great, but was kind of funny. There's a B-plot but uh, romance between two characters. And one of the guys trying to explain to the girl the difference between Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist. I've seen that clip, yes. Yeah. And like halfway through, she just like, he, so she's like, it's a reboot? He's like, no, it's not a reboot. It's like, and then eventually she just is like, just like verbatim gives him the plot. It was like, yeah, don't try to anime explain me, boy. What's hilarious is I had this exact conversation with Jen a little while ago, and she made me watch that clip in response to it. So <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, what else have you been playing, Zach? Not in Yusukai, I hope. No, I got I got a game in of Warhammer before I painted my dudes, and that was a failure. Although I did have the unkillable librarian Dreadnought. He bounced like four Laz cannon shots in one turn, so my opponent had to charge him with the Demon Prince. That it killed in close combat, then proceeded to explode when it 
died, almost taking another dude with it and damaging a tank. That sounds actually extremely convenient. It was. It was like the sole moment of success me and Kevin had, because it was a big two-person uh, two on either side, 4,000-point game. We got our butts handed to us, but I actually had some fun. See, have I done anything else? No, it's been a lot of League, a lot of Payday, some Monster Hunter, and some being irritated that I cannot emulate Duncan's paint jobs. So It comes with practice. What I have an acquaintance who is a professional Warhammer miniature painter. That is what he does as part of his income, is paint Warhammer minis for people. I know a lot of people do that. I found this dude's, um, like people were talking about, I googled a couple of things, because I wanted to try and paint the barrel of one of my guns, the Melta gun. I wanted to give it some uh, heat haze, even though like I don't think I'm going to be able to pull that off the way I want to. So I looked it up on Google, found the video, and was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I actually posted that in our <laughs> Discord. Then I found one for doing plasma gun stuff, and... Hadrian was like, I need this because I play Dark Angels, so everything has a plasma gun. That's pretty much been it. Even though we haven't done one of these in a while, it's been a lot of the same things. I need to watch Weathering with you because I bought that thing and I just haven't watched it yet. I also need to watch it. Ha- I did not buy it. What is it? it? It's made by the same guy who did Your Name. Oh, okay. It's the movie that came out this year for him. Yeah, I think it's it was the last animated movie to ever come out, I think. Trolls <laughs> 2 doesn't count. Yeah, I remember seeing that, a po- like, one of the standees for that when me and my dad went to see 1917. Yeah. But the movie was already out of theaters. And I remember looking at it and mentioning to my dad that I kind of had wished I'd gotten a chance to go see that. Your name or Weathering with Weathering you? with you. Okay. I hadn't watched Your Name before then, but now I have. And man, I can't believe I owned that for like a year before I finally it's watched it. It's a good movie. I ended up watching it, I think, with uh, my friends Dan and Ryan one night. <laughs> And, yeah, Alex was there, too. She raised her hand in the background, so. So what have you been playing there, too? What the heck have I been doing? Had I finished Horizon by the last time we talked? You had not. Hey, guys, Horizon, it's a really good game. Kind of ignore all the side quests. I kind of wish it wasn't an open world game. I should play it. There's a lot of games I should play, but that's Yeah, that's right. Horizon is high on the list, I think. My Um, brother lent me the new Paper Mario, so I think I need to play that first. If you're willing to just blow through the main quest of Horizon and you already have a copy laying around... I do have a copy laying around. um, That is probably like an 8-10 to hour experience, and the story in that game is really, really good, and I think it's hindered by the fact that the side quests exist, because it kind of breaks up the pacing of the story. Yeah, I think I will just borrow a Final Fantasy VII remake from you instead of trying to put it behind everything else at this (laughs) point, because if I keep doing that, I'm never going to play it. I mean, I don't think that's the worst. It, it does not seem like a Zack game, but you can discover that mm. for your end. No, but I want to try it. It's been on my list for a while. The problem is I have to borrow someone's PS4 to play it. I keep considering it. just buying you a PS4 for Christmas. If I do that this <laughs> Christmas, it will seem like I'm way too late to the punch, but... Um, no, I'm, no, that'd be about on par for Tyler. I am actually might be inheriting one, I think, because uh, I think James is going to replace his with a PS5, assuming that it's mostly backwards compatible. So. My understanding is it is, in fact, mostly backwards compatible. But the only launch title for it is Spider-Man. <laughs> and also GTA V. Of course, yes. <laughs> I'll probably end up doing what I did with this one. When Persona 6 comes out. Yeah. <laughs> My brother sent me a text and was like, should I get an Xbox One, uh, the new Xbox or a PS5? And I sent him a picture of my computer. Does anybody know the name of the new Xbox? And if you did, would you feel confident saying it without being sure you had made it up? I believe it is the Xbox Series M. 
That seems too reasonable. <laughs> I saw an article about it. I'm like, really? Microsoft? Really? No, it is the Xbox. <laughs> AWX. <laughs> yes. That would be way better. I, the joke I keep saying, I know I've said this on the mics before, is one day I'll go to Taco Bell because I'll make a poor judgment choice. And on, they will be advertising that they're giving away the new Xbox. And I'll be like, oh, that's what it's called. And that's what I'll remember. Because last time I went to Taco Bell, I read Xbox One X. I'm like, oh, God, that's what it's really called, isn't it? <laughs> it was very concerning. Speaking of AWX, um, I watch a lady who does product reviews, and she got a sponsorship from Balls Energy Drinks recently. <laughs> She's like, look at all these balls. They come in so many different flavors, and they're ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, man, I drank a lot of those back when we used to go to that one cyber cafe, whose name I can't even remember anymore. Cyber Station. <laughs> Again, it seems like what would be in the anime so that they didn't get sued. Exactly. The generic equivalent of it. Man, the... when that was open, we played a hell of a lot of Counter-Strike there, didn't we? Yep. You know, weirdly, I remember not. Maybe it was Day of Defeat. I think I remember Day of Defeat way more than Counter-Strike. We played a lot of that. I think it's because we played a lot of Day of Defeat there, and we didn't really play a lot of Day of Defeat away from there as a group, whereas we've played Counter-Strike together outside of Fi- Cyber Station. I also have some extremely fond memories of playing Ricochet, so... That was only on, like, three computers, though. Yeah. What else have I been playing? I have beat Wizard of Legend and not come back to it, despite it being a roguelike. There are still so many Arcana I haven't played with, and, like, I just don't really care. I don't know. The weapon synergies just aren't very fun in that one. What about Z-World? Did you play with that Arcana? It's fine. It's for the J- the one JoJo fan who was Wait, why isn't an Arcana, though? Well, is the it? world is one of the major Arcana. Is it? Yes. It's the last. It's It's the final one. Yeah, they give it to you at the journey, end of he, he, he obtains the world. They the give highest, you at the end of uh, Persona Five. It's the highest ranked Arcana. Huh. I'm apparently not super familiar with my tarot decks. I mean, I wasn't before I got very into Persona. <laughs> That's you, fair. I also need to play Persona Four. I actually freaking own that. It's installed on my computer. What the heck else have I played? Oh, hey, I finally got every single character into Elite Smash. Oh, congratulations. congratulations! That took like two and a half years. You be Masato, and I'll be Ray. <laughs> I got I that reference. I don't think any of my claps picked up. What's sad is every time I think of the end of Evangelion, I definitely just think of the end of... God, and I'm trying to remember the name of that anime. Fully Cooley. No, similar, more similar to Fully Cooley than I think it is to uh, Evangelion. Raw Zephon was what people were talking about in our Discord earlier. No, it's a thing about a person who beats you over the head with a baseball bat. Paranoia Agent? I yeah, didn't watch that. That's why I didn't think of it. Yeah. I really liked Paranoia Agent. That was a good, good show. It made no sense, though. Like negative sense it makes more sense the less you think about oh, it man what is the one that they changed the they entirely changed it to like a satire i really wish that would come out on blu-ray but i cannot remember was it ghost stories i think it might have been ghost stories i don't know this. there was one that like it was released in japan did super poorly so they, they dubbed dub? it gotcha. and when they dubbed it they the japanese basically said you can do whatever the hell you want I so they wrote it as a super about. like like satire, satire. They did an abridged series of a series that no one had watched. Yeah, like I know one character was like this. Like they changed their character, like the super, like super religious person. And yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was called though. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. I can even picture the art style in my head, and I can't remember what the hell the name of it is. Have I played any other video games? I don't know. I just beat Ascension level eleven in Slay the Spire. Have we not recorded since we did our our Sunday game? What did we play last month? Uh, n- n- I'm pretty sure we talked about it, but I also do not remember what it was. Who picked it? Was it me? No, it wasn't me. It was Kevin. What the heck did we What play? was it? 
It was a uh, viscera cleanup detail. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. I don't think we've, I have we recorded play. last time since we did. I that. don't think we have. I would play viscera cleanup duty. Ed was troll. Zach was troll. Troll uh, was troll. I wasn't a troll. I don't think anyone was trolling a whole lot. The people were trolling me because I was very grumpy because I had just come from family problems, which is what I played most of the week weeks. Yeah, speaking of which, hey, this week, what, this actually, I think yeah. this episode will come out after yeah. you have done this. Last Sunday, we played Among Us. <laughs> it was good, presumably. I don't know. Or two Sundays ago, if I don't feel like editing, but we're, really, we're, I have no excuse. So. We're going to have to uh, make sure we establish some ground rules going into it. I, think I don't think just it'll no be a talking. problem. We'll see. Yeah, the uh, game itself actually has, if you're playing with people you actually know in real life, here are the rules you should follow. So I haven't opened it yet, so... Like I, I honestly think we should like still talk to each other because like that would be really boring to just. Well, yeah, no, we should there. talk just not about game stuff until the game stuff comes up. I definitely played a couple rounds and I got imposter three times in a row, and I literally killed a person in view of another person because I accidentally killed the or clicked the kill button, and the other guy just vouched for me. He's like, "I don't know, you're standing right there. I don't see who killed him." I'm like, "How did you not see me do that?" The, the imposter doesn't have to deal with lighting, so it's possible that you are. Yeah, it's possible that it was just low light and he couldn't see as well as I did. I think actually what happened is he was in the middle of a task, and even though I killed him, the like task interface was up in front of him. Is it possible that he was also an impo- imposter? Because aren't there sometimes more than one? Um, it's. You can set up the game however you want, basically. Um, there was only one in this scenario. So okay. I when I I saw Matt Pat do a video on Among Us and I was like, huh, that sounds like a game my friends would probably like to pay play and it's hey, it's five dollars. Yeah, here, have five dollars because my friends will probably want to play this at some point. It's also free on Android. That's the only way I've played it so far, and I would say it's fine. I, I'm okay with giving people five dollars for an inventive idea. Yeah, it's also well it's just werewolf again. I was going to say, there are a lot of games like this, although I feel like it, they, none's tried it with this minimalist art style. That will just be $5. Like, there have been free ones, like Trouble in Towerist Town, which is a uh, Gmod variant. Well, um, I'm, I'm I'm okay with giving them $5, because it's not a big deal. I mean, it's the same thing as when I did when I bought Five Nights at Freddy's. I yep. paid $5 and was like, I mean, technically speaking, I could refund this, but I wonder I'm if he has enough to. to pay for all of his kids' college. He must, right? At this point, yeah, he's, with, with well, all the selling out he did, <laughs> like, and that's yeah. I was gonna say no, no, I don't know no, because, but then he sold like figures, movie books, rights. Yeah, movie you could buy a Five Nights at Freddy's doll at Walmart, or you could. So you must have enough to put two kids through college, right? I would imagine. Anything and, else, Tyler? Oh, I was gonna say it's also pay what you want on itch.io. So there's that. Which so more of that goes to the person who actually made the game, than if you get it through Steam. That's it. That was the whole thing. I don't think I have played anything else of note. I've just been I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire, and I've kind of hit a sweet spot where I win basically every run I do. Even... That sounds nice. Except for the problem with Slay the Spire is it takes an hour to do a run no matter what. Uh, well, and one of the things is my twenty minute run. I know, but it takes an hour to do a run no matter what. So <laughs> that's fair. Um, mostly at this point, I'm achievement hunting in that. But one of the achievements is beat Ascension twenty, and uh, I'm working on it. We should do. We should play a bunch of Payday Two, so I can achievement hunt for the thousand achievements I don't have. I know there's so many, and I imagine I'm slightly behind you because we were at about the same point in that game. So, and I got a whole bunch of freebies by complete this mission on Overkill and all the achievements underneath it. That used to be a bug. It used to not do that. Yeah, it so. used to not do that, but they fixed it. So yeah, no, that's that's what I have been playing. What have you been up to, Jeremy? Uh, lots of family drama, which unfortunately is a lot of why I didn't play more Metal Gear Solid 2. I have played this game before, so when we get to it, 
I'll be able to speak on it. But I inherited a PS3 during the family drama. It's like, I will play this on a PlayStation because that's the console it was made on. And then it stressed me out. Oh, I can't talk about that, though. So let's see. It was a thousand years ago. Um, It has been about a thousand years. Kingdom Hearts mom got a release date. So I was like, I should probably play Dark Road before mom comes out in case there are important revelations in Dark Road related to mom, because that's the sort of thing a Kingdom Hearts would do. Which one is, is mom? Yes. Is that the one coming? Yeah, is that's, that that's coming the rhythm out on game is coming out. Oh, okay. No, I want to know what Dark Roads is. Dark Road is a gotcha game within a gotcha game. What? So there's a Kingdom Hearts gotcha game. I, okay. I want to say it's called Union Cross, but it's changed its name like four times. I know which one you're talking re- about. Rebranding. Uh, Dark Road is like if you launch the Union Cross app, it's like, do you want to play Union Cross or Dark Road? So they use the same currency, so if you earn gems in... In one, you can use them in yeah. the other. Uh-huh. But I'm assuming you can't use characters you've yeah. unlocked in one game and in the other one? Because the mechanics are completely different between the two. Okay. Um, so Dark Road is like an RPG card game. Okay. Uh, you have a deck of 30 cards. Cards can be good or evil, and they are either red, blue, or green. Basically, the way the combat system works, it's incredibly simple. Um, you pick a card to be your attack, and then you have to play two other cards, too. If all your cards are the same color, you do double damage. If two of them are the same color, you do 1.1 times damage. And if they're all different, you just do regular damage. So it's basically just color matching. Your deck has to have five of every uh, color and type of card, so you can't, like, build one way. It can't just be an all-red deck. Yeah. So I I didn't hate the game, but I do think the best summary I can uh, give of it came from a review uh, where it was not the headline of the review, but the poll quote was, the game plays itself, which is good because you won't want to. It's fine gotcha mechanics, um, but it's very similar to the other Kingdom Hearts gotcha game in that it, it just very slowly IV drips you story. There have been two chapters so far, and I think like there's one kind of interesting lore thing we've learned, and like what a character took in action. And that's the story so far in the first two chapters of Dark Road. The story is you, you're playing as young Xehanort, and you're finding out why he made choices to be a bad person. The Dark Road he yeah, took, yeah. if you will. Ericus um, is there, and he's a class clown instead of a wise Jedi master played by Mark Hamill. I, I kind of feel like that one might be better to just like look up a synopsis oh. of the plot on the wiki or something. And that's absolutely what I do with uh, the other one. But there weren't any synopses yet, and I was, and also, like I said, it would be very Kingdom Hearts to reveal something there that would be important in the actual game coming out. And I'm like, well, I can't find any synopses. It's not very long. I'll just play it. And it turns out there are no synopses because <laughs> nothing's happened yet. <laughs> uh well i guess that's one way to get people to play oh yeah i want to find out more of the story of this wide-ranging franchise oh that's what no synopsis no one's done anything it's kind of like the wide-ranging franchise of star wars and how major star wars plot events happened in Fortnite for some reason <laughs> i feel like namora might have torn his hair out at that and be like why didn't i think of that oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, god i hate <laughs> Fortnite's existence Although, uh, in a recent interview, Nomura said, yeah, there's a plot revelation in Mom that will surprise you. And Kingdom Hearts fans are like, oh, man, it would be like if M. Night Shyamalan came out and said, my next movie's going to have a twist. If I was that, it's like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to tell everybody my next movie's going to have a twist. And everybody's going to be like, yeah, we know. And then just not have a twist. To be fair, M. Night's last couple haven't really had a twist. Like, they've had a twist in, like, the Hollywood sense. It's like X meets X. But, like, there hasn't been a midway change your perception uh, twist. So do you remember way back when you and I went in the middle of the day to go watch Scott Pilgrim in a theater neither of us had ever been to? I think of that more frequently than I should. (laughs) Do you remember how also there were like 10 other people in the theater with us and then they played a trailer for that one everyone's stuck in an elevator M. Night Shyamalan movie? I actually kind of like the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, I've heard it's actually not bad. And that the twist that the old lady's the devil is not actually the twist. Yeah, because like that's a... set up at the front right yeah it's like, in the trailer yeah 
So what's the twist? There isn't really one? Yeah, the, the twist is that the devil's not actually that bad, and it's mostly like a weird psychological thriller. Yep. Yeah. Um, the devil's in there with you. Yeah, we know. She comes up here every day to go to work. She's just trying to get home. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a good movie, but it's a fine Halloween. I want to watch a scary movie type movie. It does have that scene where the security guy is like, oh, no, the toast landed butter side down. That means the devil must be here. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of dumb Halloween movies, I did recently watch Slither, which I've is... I've not seen it. Uh, I, I do know. Yeah, so it's got... Uh, I always want to call him Ryan Reynolds because in Firefly he plays Mel Reynolds, but it's not. Uh, it's Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. There we go. It's Castle. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy. It's got like a lot of B-list actors before they were B-list, like back when they were D-list actors. Yeah. It is a really good movie. I highly recommend. Well, I mean, let me rephrase that. It's not winning any Oscar nominations or anything. It's a highly enjoyable movie, though. It's about Halloween time. So speaking of Ryan Reynolds, have you seen Buried yet? It, I it's don't a even less know what this spooky. is. Oh, uh, it's... Oh, like Ryan Reynolds right when he got popular, like like he didn't know he was going to be popular yet, so he still had to accept roles, but <laughs> he was about to be in Green Lantern, Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Uh, he just gets buried alive in Iraq, and he's like on the phone with U.S. Customs trying to get someone to rescue him. While he's buried alive? Yeah. That's very interesting, actually. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. I just listened to an episode of a podcast that that was the plot, basically. It's probably better than Green Lantern. <laughs> That's not even a bar. <laughs> like I'm uh, Jumper, I'm, t- I'm struggling to think of movies worse than Green Lantern. There certainly are them, don't get me wrong. But they fade from my mind. Midway. Uh, Thunderball? Actually, Midway wasn't really that bad. It was very Hollywoodized, but it wasn't that bad. Oh man, just wait until the Monster Hunter movie where they isekai some people into Monster Hunter. I think I will hard pass on that. Uh, why did they I just do the thing? I want to see it now. I just, like... Because it's an easy guy, I'm like, I gotta see this, just because it's gotta be a It train already wreck. has a cool setting, just use but, the cool but Tyler, setting. isekais are very popular with the kids these days. <laughs> and also, Capcom has said they don't want their movies to follow the plots of their video games, because, like, there are already video games you could just play I mean, if that's you fantastic that, for Monster why, Hunter. Which is why uh, Resident yeah. Evil is so off the rails. What's fantastic for Monster Hunter, because what's the plot of Monster Hunter? Monster. Hunt. Monster, go hunt that. We live in a weirdly technologically advanced but still primitive society, and we fight dinosaurs. That's the plot of Monster Hunter. No, 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 no. We're not fighting dinosaurs, Tyler. We are researching dinosaurs. By killing them with giant megasaurs. That we have to use the bits from the monsters in order to research them more efficiently. The other thing I've been playing a lot of is League of Legends, like Zach said. I decided to play it eight hours a day this week to simulate having a real job to see if that helped with my sleep schedule at all. Oh if I had God, to wake up and that do something. like hell. That does, yeah. Playing League for I, eight hours sounds worse than I having really a real like job. I really like League, but oh God. Okay, my last job was so bad that I'm not even going to joke about League being worse, even though I have gotten some very, very toxic teammates who have yelled at me in caps lock and just mostly pinged me like, hey, look. Uh, enemy enemy midlaner has three items. Allied midlaner alive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I feel like I must be forgetting something because, like we said at the beginning, this podcast brought to you by caffeine. That we didn't have <laughs> enough of it though. I mean, I had some coffee and I'm doing like all right, but like, see my my body. As I'm sure you can tell from the way I'm wobbling. My knee is super energized and ready to go. That caffeine did not get to my brain at all. Which is the important part, arguably. For a podcast, yes. Yeah, that's fair. 
<laughs> oh, I played an entire game of Civ. I forgot about that. <laughs> I like how I played an entire game of Civ. It it's takes notable. a while, man. I thought about an entire game of Civ. I wasn't going to do a culture game. I was going to do like an actual military game because I need to practice my military strats. And then I got the Congo, which like can't do religion and they have a military and they get bonuses of culture. I'm like, well, the game is spoken. So <laughs> you, you did like the reverse of me when I'm usually playing that game. I'm going to go for culture. Eh, this is taking too long. Conquer everyone. I had so many artifacts and I could not give any to anyone else because no one else had goddamn art museums. <laughs> so I couldn't even bribe them with artifacts. We anyway. played Gear Solid too. I was going to transition, but I'm very tired. Snake? Snake! Raiden! To be upfront, I cut this out, but last episode when Tyler was like, let's play Metal Gear Solid 2, he then like conferred with me a while, like, should we play 2? And like, I probably should have said, no, we should play Metal Gear Solid. It's like, 2 is like a weird game. It's probably the weirdest in the franchise. I love the plot of this oh, game. Oh yeah, it's amazing. We'll get to it. <laughs> but uh, you said it was the most popular one, which is weird to me because it seems... My impression is that it is the most popular one. I think it's the one with the most to talk about, so it's the most talked about is probably accurate. That probably say. has a lot to do with it. But that's why I said, no, let's do two, because there's the most to talk about with it. Whereas like Metal Gear Solid 1 hasn't aged super well. It's got some interesting stuff. The story's interesting. The Psycho Mantis thing is obviously interesting. The way it's constructed like an action movie is interesting. Metal Gear Solid 3 is very interesting in the way it's structured like a James Bond game. But 3 is maybe the hardest to go back to because it's super clear. Like from the tra first trailer for Metal Gear Solid 5, it's like, oh, this is what you wanted Metal Gear Solid 3 to be. But technology and game fluency limits didn't allow that. That was when snake, you made three was Snake Eater, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I can definitely see that five being what three should have been. And three was super popular at the time, and I think it's still pretty good. But like once you play five, you just see parts of three and you're like, yeah, this should work like five. It's just that the year was 2005 and you could not do that. Once you go Phantom Pain, you can't go back to three again. <laughs> and I haven't played Metal Gear Solid 4, which most people consider the bad one. I don't even know what four is. Your old man snake. Okay. Because solid, it's the sequel to two. It's the one that actually takes place after. Yeah, and, and he's got old genes from yeah. old boss. Yeah, and it's, it tries to explain away all the mysteries of two in really lame ways and tie them in in very like forced ways to stuff that happened in Metal Gear Solid 3, and it pleases no one. Not even Hideo Kojima. What I will say is having played like, I don't know, three or four hours of Metal Gear Solid 2, man, I really want to go play Death Stranding now. Yeah! Just to experience some Hideo Kojima writing. Yeah. Yes. I got a half hour in even after the first 10 minute cutscene. Yeah, it, it does have that kind of like the cutscene at the beginning feels super long, right? But it's not by a lot of standards, but it still feels super long in a way that's it's about 10 minutes long. That's not crazy long. I've certainly played games with longer opening cutscenes than that. So my spoilers for I my have. final thoughts on this game are I don't think it's a super great game, but man, I really want this as a movie or like maybe a miniseries or something. I guess if I'm going to spoil my final thoughts on it, I think it's much better as a piece of art than it is as a video game. I agree. Yeah. And I'm super glad it exists and I think it's worth playing and studying. But as a video game, it doesn't hold up super well. And like I said, that thing about three, because it's really obvious the three, but the gameplay of five is so much better than the others with the exception of portable ops which is, if you haven't played it, is totally a dry run for five. Like, the maps are smaller, and it's more mission-based. It's kind of weirdly inspired by Monster Hunter. Huh. But it has the, like, you can steal soldiers and add them to your base. Huh, collection gimmick. Yeah. 
Phantom Pain is a fantastic game. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I just lost my patience with this one. Because I'm like, if I'm going to play any stealth-based games, I'm going to play a better one, like like Splinter Cell. It's Yeah, it's this is weirdly not a super stealthy game. But I it controls like ass. The controls are pretty bad. That's the one thing I like really can't defend about this game. But I do think it's a pretty good stealth game in the way it's structured. It's yeah, not, it's just again, mechanically it doesn't like come together super yeah. great. It's a thing where I think the real secret to a stealth game is um, the worst stealth games. And to be fair, very few stealth games do this. A lot of stealth sections and non-stealth games do this. It's the thing where you get caught and you just instantly game over. Because that's always super frustrating. Because getting caught in a stealth game is always a little bit of a crapshoot, no matter how good the AI is and the detection rules are. Well, usually you need to tell people just how... Like, how exposed they are, how visible they are, and how much noise they're making. That's one of the reasons why a lot of the dedicated stealth, like, a lot of the dedicated ones have those kind of bars, so you know generally how visible you are to things. Mark of the Ninja is a master class in stealth game design. It's also 2D, though, so it makes it a lot easier, easier to convey certain types of information. Anyway. So what you really need is to have, like, a middle stage between you've lost and you're hidden. And I think Metal Gear Solid is one of the first games to do it really well. I think later ones do it much better, like even five. If there's a criticism of five, it's the middle stage. You're too powerful because you just whip out your grenade launcher. You grind it to get. And it's like, well, we blew the quiet mission, boys. Call him the chopper. Quiet. Take him out. Uh, This is how all of our games of payday go, basically, is one of us runs stealth. It's usually either me or Kevin. And then the rest of us are sitting by with miniguns. (laughs) All right. We're doing this quiet, guys. Why do you have a minigun in full Kevlar? Because I know you're going to screw it up. And I think this game is pretty good at providing that middle stage, talking about gameplay. Again, it's not as good as games that were influenced by it or later games in the series. It tries, but it handles so poorly that any time it came up, like, it was a Yeah, maybe we should get into the nitty gritty of this. I forgot to bring out a notebook so that we could write an outline. We haven't for, like, the last four, so I'm just trying not not going without for, like, the end of the podcast and seeing where it goes. And especially this game, because like I said, I'm more interested in talking about it as a piece of art than a video game, but this is a video game podcast, so we can't skip that completely. So I guess going over game mechanic first makes a degree of sense. I do find it super interesting at the start, and I think we probably all played the special edition of this game. The one that's on the 360? Yeah. I played the original. Okay. If you play the original, it asks basically, hey, do you give a f*** about Solid Snake? I said yes. (laughs) Yeah, and if you say yes, you play the tanker, or the ship level. And if you say no, you go straight to the Raiden stuff. Oh, interesting. in the new edition, it asks, do you want to play the tanker, or do you just want to go straight to the... I can't remember what they call it. How do they handle the, like, story? Like, do they explain why Snake is now just some random soldier if you skip it? Well, eventually they do, but they play it from the perspective that you don't know who that is. Like, the literal question is, did you play Metal Gear Solid 1? And the answers are yes. Yeah. No, but I know the plot and I watched somebody else play it. (laughs) No, but I watched a Let's Play here in the year 2002 because Hideo Kojima is a man from the future (laughs) bringing future problems back into this (laughs) video game. Or, no, I don't care. And then you just start with Raiden. And then there's just this weird Marine guy who, uh, the bomb guy's like, yeah, well, uh, those who bra- are brave, da- what is that? The slogan of the British Air Force. I yeah, I don't yeah. It, it, he, it, he says like three different things. Yeah. And he's like, he just spat out a bunch of different military things. Yeah, he can't like, possibly be from one of them. Well, he's like, I don't think he's a Navy, Navy SEAL. Semper Fi is a Marine thing. But those who uh, brave dare is uh, uh, British Air Force. So I don't know who he is. I trust him more than you. Because you are a shifty blonde kid who clearly doesn't know what he's doing. But I don't think he's a Navy SEAL. What, did you learn all your stealth tactics from video games, kid? 
shut up. Video games are a perfectly reasonable way to recruit military uh, stuff. Another idea from the future cut Hideo Kojima is pulling and talking about. Yeah, I um, I played the tanker level. I also played the tanker oh, level. I, I played entirely through the tanker level. How far did you get, Tyler? Because um, I'm curious. Shortly past the introduction of the lady who bends fate to her will, kind of. I don't really know what her thing is, but, like, bullets can't hit her. Yeah. Game has Scarlet Witch? Basically. Kind of? It's, like, they. there are the bugs that I think are become a plot thing in 5 again. Again, 4 is where they're like, yeah, let's just, like, say it's all nanomachines and parasites and kind of take the mystery out of it. And like I said, it feels very cobbled together. Fortune, yeah, she can't be hit by bullets. Or rather, she's just lucky and she can't die. Yeah, she tries. She tries really hard to let someone kill her, and then they just all die. Yeah, so you have a boss fight with her where you just like can't hit her, but and you have to beat it by ricocheting a bullet off of her into somebody else who's there. Oh, oh. Speaking of, can we talk about the first boss fight in this game because I really like the one with Olga. Yeah, yeah. The the boss fights are really interesting set pieces. Uh, I feel like we should save that for last among mechanics and transition from that into it as an art piece because the bosses are the closest to it. So it is. Pretty much Metal Gear Solid gameplay. Again, we haven't talked about that. So You have a mini-map, you wander around and try to avoid being spotted by people. Yeah. There, there are some new mechanics like hanging from ledges and being able to aim in first person to get around shields and take out security cameras and the like. And also bombs that will blow up if you walk through them if you don't destroy the bomb mechanism. I mean, I don't consider that a mechanic so much as a funny-shaped door. It's a funny-shaped door in the same way that security cameras are a funny-shaped door. Okay, I suppose that's true. The thing is, security cameras are a choice, right? That because you true. can get through them with a chafe grenade, you can shoot them out, you, you can, can climb av- them, you can avoid them and walk around them, or you can go through them and risk the consequences. They're entirely interactive. Whereas the syntax that will blow up the boat if you, you don't... You have to just yeah. shoot them. That's yeah. fair. You have a couple of weapons. You have the Trank Gun, which is the best, most broken weapon in the game, because guards don't get suspicious when they find other guards asleep. They just kick them and yell at them, and they're like, oh, sorry, man, I don't know what happened. There's this weird dart sticking in my head, but that seems normal. That's what happens when you drink too much, obviously. (laughs) Whereas if you murder them with a gun, they're like, oh no, this guy has been murdered. We need to up security. There are four levels of security. There's everything's fine. There is caution, which is basically just there's an extra guard in the room. They're usually like somewhat active in searching around. If they catch you, you go into danger, which is the highest where they send a SWAT team after you. And if you avoid them for long enough, they go into a search mode where they kind of go around. They start looking in lockers and stuff. They look for evidence of you. But if you avoid that for long enough, it goes back to caution. And then after a certain amount of time, caution goes down to normal. Or if you manage to get to the next room, they're not cautious there. Because clearly no one heard any of that ruckus from the next room over. Well, I think it's more like they are focused on that room. They're like, there's somebody here. Let's send the extra guard there. That's fair. Also, this game has an actual vampire for some reason. Until nanomachines. But yeah, the thing I think I love most about Metal Gear Solid talking about that is the way it mixes like weird, dumb fantasy with super fetishistic military fantasy like solid snake will wax on and off about the equipment used by the russians like oh that chopper is only used by the russians and well this, like he but can t- mod- identify a chopper just based on the noise of its yeah. rotors it's like <laughs> uh, they're using ak's of this model which is probably russians but those models are sold all- to all sorts of different pmcs so we can't just assume and it'll it'll combine that with oh and that guy's a vampire <laughs> <laughs> I love that like G.I. Joe ass to it. Like my favorite is in Snake Eater, the pain, who is a guy who controls bees and is just like 
constantly being stung and is just covered in bees because he makes for a great boss fight. But he's just like, I am a G.I. Joe villain. And Snake's like, yes. And then the Russians will use this sort of missile too. <laughs> oh, this handgun. The griff has been filed off for easy. Hack. Meanwhile, Cobra Commander is just yes. giving a soliloquy in the background. <laughs> and also, you know, the big plot is that the U.S. government is trying to build mechs to fight nuclear missiles. Yep. So, okay, hot take. Metal Gear Ray is a weapon to surpass Metal Gear. Yes, it is. <laughs> Literally, that's its purpose. Although, to be fair, it is also a Metal Gear. Yes. That would be like, ah, oh, the Sherman tank, a weapon to surpass tank. <laughs> Accurate. It was a weapon to surpass tank. The song from Cowboy Bebop, specifically. <laughs> if you shoot <laughs> da -da 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 <laughs> What the hell are we talking about? I don't know. The mechanics um, of Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, you can go around and explore and pick things up. Um, generally, you're just moving from objective to objective on the orders of whoever your current commander person is i like the tanker level all right with snake i think it's a pretty good intro but it's kind of tangent to the game and i understand why they kind of consider it a separate one in the later ones because um, a big portion of the game is kind of learning the map it's got actually a lot in common with metroidvanias because you need to like learn certain areas and like having a like map in your head of the whole area is important for later objectives. And they do change up guard rotations and stuff as the game goes on a little bit. But how you get from A to B and like the best way to go is usually the same. It's just they change up the defenses enough so the gameplay doesn't get stale or identical when you're going through stuff. And they only change it on an objective clear. So if you go the wrong way, you're not going to have an entirely different It'll be the opposition. same way until you get a new cutscene, basically. Yeah, really, until there's a reason for you to go to that place again. That's right. Well, that's good design because it changes the challenges rather than have you basically just reiterate the same challenges every single time. And so that's also what Metroid does. Uh, Super Metroid specifically, like enemies will change in certain areas after you've beaten certain bosses. So speaking of bosses, they're the most different. And the boss fights, there's a lot of like open worldness to Metal Gear. And that's why I think after you play five, it's so hard to go back to a lot of them. Is clearly Hideo Kojima likes that open world approach and feel. He tries to add a bunch of ways to get through things. Like you can put porno magazines in front of guards to distract them or <laughs> the infamous box that you can use. Or you can literally just walk by them if you stealth correctly. Dude, did you uh, get that one piece of dialogue where someone yes. talks about? <laughs> well, you, you have to get the one where it's like uh, where you you and Snake split up. Snake goes to the part of the game you can't get to yet to defuse some bombs. And you're on the first part. And you just get some radio chatter and like, yeah, I saw a guy like using a cardboard box to get across a bridge. Like, we didn't know what was going on at first, but that's definitely what was going on. It's like, huh, I've seen a guy use that trick before. The cardboard box is just so ridiculous. But at this <laughs> point, it's... Uh, now that we've brought in the G.I. Joe metaphor it t or analogy, it totally makes sense. That's a stupid thing that would happen in an 80s cartoon. Yeah, like, it's a thing where, like, the main characters in a lot of way are, like, super realistic military. But then your opposition is a bunch of clowns. And it's one of those Japanese humor things that I think works super, super well. But it puts off a lot of people. Like, I think people like Zack in particular can get into that sometimes. But it's a thing, you know, it's like the Adam West Batman sort of humor. Some people are super into that. And the Japanese are one of those types of people. Yeah, just and, as a nation, they are predominantly into it. Yeah. It really depends on the mood I happen to be in when I run into humor like that. <laughs> and I am always here for that. Yeah. Like, the... And, and, you know, it's not supposed to be funny when a bunch of Navy SEALs, like, run into a literal vampire and are pumping him full of machine gun fire and he keeps coming at them. But it is. And I think Hideo <laughs> Kojima knows that. Well, it's hard to keep something Especially super dramatic. Especially when he, like, ballet dances. <laughs> well, yeah, he's an anime-ass vampire. I'm just laughing uh, that about depends, that because... I Alucard is technically an anime-ass vampire. Yeah, and he'd solve that problem by just turning into bats or something. I don't know. 
And also, Vamp is not literally a vampire, even in this. Yeah, I just, I actually think his, like, stupid dance moves that he uses to dodge things were a limitation of how they rendered the character model more than anything, but it looks so dumb and I love it. <laughs> so most of the boss fights are with characters like that. There's Fortune, who we mentioned, who you just can't hit. Bullets just, like, miss her. Vamp, who's a vampire. Fat Man, who is a guy who uh, is on roller skates, who plants bombs all around, and you have like to- Like, he's a bomber man. Yeah. And you have to defuse the bombs. Ironically, the best way to fight him since he's on roller skates is just put claymores around the battlefield and hide from him. And he will <laughs> roller skate into claymores. Remember, if you cannot remember, the claymores pointed towards you. Who else is a boss in this game? There's Mel Gear Ray at the end. There's the ex-president who you have to sword fight at the end. I, yep. I may have watched a Let's Play of the rest of this, so. Well, I mean, I guess it trends with Raiden's games because then later on yeah. he had to fight Super Soldier Senator. Yeah. yeah. Or Senator sure. Super Soldier. Also Raiden becomes like a cyborg ninja at some point. Because people didn't like him enough so Hideo Kojima is like I made him a super cyborg ninja dude. Do you like me now? Ironically Raiden's in this game because Japanese audiences especially Japanese women did not like that Metal Gear Solid starred an old American man. So he's like, okay, I will put a Final Fantasy-ass blonde cute boy as my main character. And <laughs> nobody liked it. I remember seeing an interview that he tried to make a lot of changes specifically to get, get garner more female demographic for the game. Yeah. And if we can kind of transition to it as an art piece. I've kind of talked about all these like ideas that are relevant now that were not relevant in 2001 when this game came out. But the biggest one to me is Hideo Kojima is a man who never wanted to make a sequel to Metal Gear, except I think he did want to make Metal Gear Solid. But with that exception, he never wanted to make a sequel. But he worked for Konami, and they were going to make a sequel. And he sure as hell didn't want to let anyone else make a sequel. <laughs> well, I mean, look at what happens when they finally did make a sequel. Yeah. So he just had to get it. And, like, the plot of Metal Gear Solid 2 is that, for super convoluted p reasons, the government is trying to recreate a situation as close to Metal Gear Solid as they possibly can. What are the reasons? I don't understand. Uh, basically, because... Uh, they think Super uh, Solid Snake is the ultimate soldier, but he's gone rogue and like there's no way to get him back. So they want a way to like create Solid Snakes, basically. Okay. So Raiden is the test to like try to do that. But also it's a that simulation. Make any sense. Kind of. Well, it's because it's a simulation of what happened to Solid Snake and yeah. Metal Gear Solid One. It's very confusing because Snake's in it, but also then Well, like... but he's not supposed to be there. He is like the wrench in the machine. Okay. Is that actual Solid Snake is there? running around being your sidekick, which I think is a super good use of, like, the protagonist of the previous game. A lot of people don't like Raiden, and I understand it. We even alluded to it now. But I actually really like this game in large part because of the way they use Solid Snake in it. He is this legendary badass now from this previous thing, and he gets to act like that. But also, you're not the one in control of him, so he's just off doing other stuff. Yeah. And Metal Gear is pretty famous for its fourth wall breaking against Psycho Mantis in Metal Gear Solid, probably the most famous bit, where if you don't know, he will see what games you've played on your memory card and call you out on it. And you have to defeat him by putting, taking out the controller and plugging it into port two so he can't read your movements anymore. But there's just a ton of it in this game that I think works actually much better. It's just a lot more subtle and not as um, sort of celebrated by people. And I completely lost my chain of thought, if you couldn't tell, because I was going to bring up an example. Oh, uh, a lot of it is super basic stuff that like people don't even think of as fourth wall breaking when it comes up in a video game, like press F to pay respects sort of stuff where the commander's like, right, and this should be easy. Just remember your training. Press the punch button to punch him. And then you can uh, press the uh, menu button to pull I out your I almost expected and... Raiden to call him out and it's like, a punch button? What? But he's like, yeah, of course. 
Uh, which, again, you don't even really think of as breaking the fourth wall, but obviously it is. It's the sort of thing that if that came up in a movie, everyone would be like, what? That's super avant-garde and weird. In a video game, it's normal as hell for Stephen Blum to tell you to press B to do <laughs> action. Well, that's because it's the tutorial. Yeah. It's tutorializing. Well, although normally you're either doing that to a silent protagonist or a protagonist who does not comment on that part, at the very least. Whereas Ryden will be like, oh yeah, thanks boss. Or it's very clearly out of character context information. Like a lot of times it'll be like, here's oh, a, a menu. Pop up menu. Yeah, it's just like a dissociated menu is like, here's how you interact with the world. Yeah, which is breaking the fourth wall, absolutely, but you don't really think of it that way. Yeah, well, because it's not like an in-story breaking the fourth wall. It's like, literally, the game is saying, here, we're taking you out of character for a few seconds to tell you this, and then we're going to dump you back in. And I love the way Metal Gear Solid just, like, goes for it here, and it kind of preps you for the way it gets broken throughout it. And then Raiden's arc as it is, is that he's just a kid who... He played a bunch of simulations. He did a bunch of VR training. He basically played a bunch of video games to learn how to be a super soldier, which is why everybody treats him like he's a goddamn kid who doesn't know what he's doing. But then, uh, you know, kind of like you, the player, are, because presumably you were not in the military, most likely, if you are playing Metal Gear Solid. But then by the end of it, you find out that he does actually have his own backstory and like he's not a just avatar for the player. And that asserts itself more and more as the game sort of drives to its conclusion and Raiden asserts himself in the story. Like the bits where Raiden will cover his junk so you can't use a gun when he's naked because he <laughs> he's does not want anyone to see his penis. And he's more concerned about that than shooting people. So there's also the whole meta thing with Rose that like, yeah, slow, yeah. That slowly, speaking of like George Lucas directing, like their love story on paper is actually super well written, but when they act it out, boy, does it sound <laughs> like just stilted and awkward and like it was a fake romance, like it actually turns out to be later. I think it's mostly the line delivery. Yeah, is just exactly. Like... I think it's mostly the direction because there are plenty of voice actors in this game that I like. Like Raiden's voice actor is actually one of my favorites. Who I is wish this got voice more actor? Work. I have no idea who he is. I can't remember the guy's name. He's uh, Axel in Kingdom Hearts. He's Reno in a bunch of the Final Fantasy VII stuff where Reno gets a voice. I wish he got more work. I quite like it. But his delivery in this game is often stilted and kind of bad. And that helps like play down Raiden. Uh, that and the fact that uh, everybody treats him like a kid because he is. I was trying to think of the last game we played where the voice acting was awful. And that was Sonic Battle Adventure 2, the, the, the Sonicine, where they just had like terrible timing between dialogue delivery. But, like, my favorite bit of fourth wall breaking in this game, probably. In Metal Gear Solid, when you beat the game, depending on your score, you would either get a optic camouflage that turned you invisible, or a headband that gave you infinite ammo. And near the end, when, like, Snake's going to his final battle and Raiden's going to his, Raiden's like, are you going to be okay, Snake? He's like, I'll be fine. Infinite ammo. And he's wearing the headband. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is really good. good. Yeah. Do we want to get in the plot of this? Because I don't think it's important. It's kind of convoluted. The president's been captured by the ex-president from Metal Gear Solid, who got ousted after the events of Metal Gear Solid and was basically forced to resign. He somehow raised child soldiers as part of his backstory, one of which was Raiden. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe it's not the plot of this game that I'm so much into as the storytelling of yeah. this game is really good. And that's what Hideo Kojima is very good at. Uh, comparing him to Tetsuya Nomura from Kingdom Hearts, who I've talked about, the difference is that Hideo Kojima is writing the story one page ahead of where it is currently, whereas Nomura is like one game ahead. And like, he doesn't know where this is going, but he at least knows where it's going in the short term enough to make it consistently feel like he knows where it's going. And then when he gets to the next game, he can plot the one after that to, again, have just enough forward momentum that, you know, over a long enough time span, you start to see where the seams were, but it feels like it's going somewhere. Whereas Kojima's like, 
I don't know. Uh, at the end, they find out the bad guys are actually died a hundred years ago. And I'm not making a sequel to this game. F*** it. Oh, shit, I have to make a sequel to this. Game. <laughs> uh, well, they're not dead yet. So what you're saying is Kojima writes video games like I run D&D campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Kojima writes video games the way Kira Toriyama <laughs> yeah. writes manga. The thing is, but he writes, you know, super intricate plot stuff with like lots of mysteries and like, oh, what's this? How is is Vamp really a vampire or is he just like really good at slashing the throats of Navy SEALs for some reason and dodging machine gun fire? But there is no answer to that. The answer is um, nanomachines. <laughs> Hideo Kojima is a hack, and Hideo Kojima is also a genius. And that is, yes, that's contradictory, but it's absolutely my opinion. But again, this game came out in 2001, and it's about how the internet has made everybody think they're an expert in things, and this has influenced the election, and people have elected an idiot because they trusted a bunch of online stories. Yes, this game that came out in 2001. Wow, he must really <laughs> yeah. be a I mean, time to be fair, traveler. a lot of people thought of that about Nixon. No, not Nixon, Reagan. Yeah, but okay, but that was mass media, and this is specifically the internet, which yeah. is different. And it's talking about memes and how like they're the best way to send information now. Again, in two thousand one, <laughs> before that was true. And there's a lot of you know talk about drone warfare, which again was you know more of a thing in two thousand one than some of these other ideas, but wasn't really yet. And the idea of using video games to recruit soldiers, a thing that the U.S. military really does now, and like all the ideas in it are super interesting and kind of prescient. Yeah, and, like, well-researched, and he knows what he's talking about for the most part. So, like, it's hard to take that away from him. But at the end of the game, he is just like, and all the bad guys died 100 years ago. Ooh, mystery! <laughs> and, like, if you're into the story, which, when I was playing this, you know, 10 years ago, I very much was. You're on the edge of your seat, and you're like, oh, man, the next game takes place in the 60s. I bet T Snake is going to travel back in time to fight the Patriot. Oh, no, it's just a, a prequel. This is just a James Bond movie. A pretty good one, actually, but... <laughs> We have to forge for wildlife. You never see James Bond eating a snake. Also, Russia does not look like that. No part of Russia is a jungle like that. Except for the part that Snake gets to in Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, it's not Russia. It's like Cambodia. Except for it is canonically Russia. I mean, I mean that game, the tutorial of it is even like a Bond-like stinger scene where you play through a tutorial and you go through a mission and it ends badly for you. And then you go to the theme song which is Snake Eater, which rules, and then you get into the Bond movie. Like, then you go to Command and you get your mission. But we're talking about Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, that is Metal just a Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And at the end, you're like in a ch you're chasing a Metal Gear in a vehicle. It ends with a vehicle chase. It is absolutely yeah. just a James Bond game. There's a Bond girl in it who ends up escaping with the USB drive you need and Revolver Ocelot. Because he's in every Felix single Liger, one. Always played by a different person. Revolver Oxalot is just Felix Light. Man, I forgot he was a character in early Bond movies, because they kind of did away with him by the Pierce Brosnan era. Yeah, but he's back in Casino Royale and uh, Quantum of Solace. That is Jeffrey true. Rush, who's now going to be Commissioner Gordon. Great choice. So really quick, Revolver Ocelot's plan at the end of the Tinker intro, man, that is a ballsy maneuver where he just like hard read the reaction of like 40 different people simultaneously. Oh, yeah. that, that's some Light Yagami anime I am a smart planner, so I know what everyone's going to do. Snake had 
so much opportunity to just shoot him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he did not because he was busy monologuing. Well, well uh, Ocelot knows Snake never shoots people in cutscenes, so he was fine. <laughs> also, the fact that Ocelot is pretending to be possessed by Liquid Snake, which is, again, why you can't just... Like, any plot thread that this game doesn't tie up, you should probably just ignore and come up with your own solution. But the fact that, that like, the reason for that is Ocelot has hypnotized himself to make him believe he is being possessed by Liquid Snake. To full snake for I don't even remember I didn't play Metal Gear Solid Four. Is, it is such is a convoluted dumb, reason. Dumb in this super smart game, like I said, that's about information control and like the reason the Big Shell is you know supposedly a chemical cleanup site, but it's actually a machine to filter the internet so that the Patriots can control who gets elected. It is such a convoluted plot. I love yeah. it. This is why I love Hideo Kojima's. Oh yeah, it's stuff. it's amazingly convoluted, but there's nothing like it. If this is what you want, this is where you need to get infinite ammo. Like, I really want there to be, like, an anime that is this, but there isn't. There's nothing this bonkers. Well, because you can't sustain, like, an anime episode-to-episode plot with this sort of stuff, right? No, that's fair. Only video games have these long release windows where you have time to wait in between, right? That's why I compared it to Kingdom Hearts, is it's very similar in that, you know, you get a certain amount of story in this game, but there are a bunch of threads, you know, maybe from two games ago that still aren't wrapped up. You have to wait until the next episode, but episodes are amazingly long. Yep. Like I said, video games are kind of the only medium we have for that. With the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there are kind of movies like that. But even then, the movie has to be a complete story. Depends on the book, but some books are actually operating oh, like okay. that. okay. Yeah, books can do it, too. You're right. Some to of the degree. book series, because like I was just thinking of uh, the Stormlight Archive. Yeah, but none of them are quite this bonkers, and I really want this level of bonkers in other media. Yeah, but like the books themselves, the book is a complete story, but there's stuff tilting towards the next one. Although I guess Peace Talks wasn't an entire book. I'm pretty sure the second half isn't out yet. That's what Ed said, too, so. I I think it comes out like next week. It's supposed to be pretty soon. It might be October. I thought it was like September, though. I should look into that. I know Demon Slayer releases on Blu-ray and Ooh, that's a good next anime. week. It's uh, out on the 29th. So yeah, as someone who's like not, you've only had second-hand experience with Metal Gear, like you were intrigued enough to watch a Let's Play, right? Yeah, no, and I, I have not finished it, but I do want to go finish up the plot of this game. Again, I'm not really sure I'm interested in the story so much as I'm interested in the way the story is told. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. Kojima's great at like stringing you along in that way. And yeah. again, like the just ridiculousness hard contrasted against the like super serious themes. Like it's very, again, I call it the Trigun factor just because Trigun was the first piece of media where I found those super serious ideas contrasted against humor to make them pop more. It's very much got that going on, but it's like a serious humor where like everybody is taking this, you know, vampire man who's killing Navy SEALs very seriously. But it's so ridiculous. Because there's, <laughs> there's a man signal handedly taking out squads of Navy SEALs and that's a problem. But, again, that's an absurd situation. Or, you know, a guy who lays bombs while riding around on roller skates who calls himself Fat Man. That's just weird. I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know where else you can get anything like that. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. (laughs) um, The Larry Hama comic Omega Men. Uh, Larry Hama was the guy who invented G.I. Joe and wrote an incredible, like, legitimately very good character-driven G.I. Joe series that's, like, very similar to the Claremont X-Men run, and that it ran for, like, 100 issues and have story threads that are introduced early on that go throughout it. And when asked how far ahead he plotted that, he said, about a page, because I never knew when Hasbro was going to call and tell me that there was some new dude I had to put in this comic. (laughs) 
I mean, I guess that's a way to do it. Exactly how I run all my tabletop games. I literally come up with about a half a session's worth of content and then see what happens. And like I said, I feel like very much like that's Kojima style too, <laughs> which is why in any particular game, and even some of the threads that run game to game and are easier to run through, they're super intriguing and his storytelling style is very interesting. But there is no gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, I think it just comes up with some themes he wants to explore yeah. and then just makes a story based on that. And Event- that's great. Eventually, the majority of plot threads fizzle out rather than get resolved. But they're usually the ones you don't really care about anyway, so. All right. And that's Metal Gear Solid 2. I guess also there's some tactical stealth action or whatever, but mostly it's crazy Hideo Kojima bullshit. Yeah, and like I said, when I played this 10 years ago, I actually found the gameplay to be fairly enjoyable. It's frustrating in a lot of ways. It does not surprise me at all that Zack bounced off it because it's very much trial and error, like slam your head against it. And you've got to stealth it. Not perfectly. There's a lot of freedom in how you do it. But there's not a lot of real-world logic you can apply. It's one of those games where you have to figure out the game's logic and play by the game's rules. And then there's a lot of freedom. That's the problem, is to get to all this wacky stuff, you actually have to interact with the game, which is not good. Yeah, like like I said, I kind of wanted this to just be a movie or something. But my problems were actually mostly with the aiming mechanics. And I think that's just because like it's an old console The stealth game. mechanics aren't great. The aiming mechanics aren't great. I didn't care for it. Like I said, I I played it for about a half an hour after the 10 minute cutscene and died like four times or something like that. And was like, I'm done with this. I mean, I died probably 10 times and I've played this game before, like just getting to the Simtex in the tanker. It was just one of those things where it's like, this is not worth my time. And I feel like I probably should have recorded. There was definitely a scene where I just slipped on some bird poop and fell over a rail. And I was like, yep, that's Metal Gear Solid. Yep. Okay, so actually, really quick, I did want to mention the Olga boss fight because I just... Th- oh, yeah, like, that's what I want to say. Um, I'll let you go, but the boss fights actually are super well set-pieced. Like, the Olga one has a bit where she, like, turns on a spotlight in your face and you can shoot out the spotlight to see her better. Or specifically, I was also thinking when she shoots out the tarp, which happens right before that, and she, like, uses the tarp for covers so you can't see where she's standing, but you just shoot the other thing that's holding the tarp down like she did, and that's how you are able to shoot at her again. Or you can just shoot through the tarp. Yeah, or you can just shoot through the tarp. So it's really up to you whether or not you want the visibility or if you're just going to take some pot shots. And I, I don't know, I just really like that. I yeah. think that it was a really cool thing. That's a whole so. over from the first Metal Gear Solid. The boss fights for the first three games are super, super well designed. The reason I bounced off the original Metal Gear is I could not get through the Revolver Ocelot fight because it was such Gotcha. So, and that's the first boss fight in that game. It is. Five has some okay ones. I like the idea behind the man on fire, but... We had to, like, douse him in water. Yeah. But it, it doesn't work as well. Probably because you have so many options in that, you just want to hit him with a rocket launcher yeah. or drop a tank on him because you've stolen six tanks and they're just like, <laughs> hanging out on your base. I think my favorite boss fight was just when Quiet showed up, on, but that was because I dropped oh, this, tank. I dropped boxes on her. The, the Quiet boss fight's really good. I forgot about that one because I forgot you fight her so early on. Yeah, isn't that, don't you have to like run around some ruins while she's yeah. like taking shots at you or something? I dropped boxes on her. It's a Fulton distraction well, device. Yeah, well, you can shoot at her, or you can just drop boxes on her head. <laughs> Look, gravity is the most powerful weapon known to man. I talk about it on this podcast specifically a lot, but Moon is a harsh mistress. They just drop rocks from space. Speaking of dropping rocks from space, we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, listing all the games we've played from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger. Speaking of Akira Toriyama and writing things half a second in front of himself. <laughs> Thankfully, Akira Toriyama did not write that game. At the bottom is City Connection. Imagine Hideo Kojima's City Connection. Oh it would be my. memorable, at least. Yeah, I want that now. Sorry. <laughs> it's never going to happen, but... In the center, we have Tecmo Bowl. 
and Hideo Kojima's Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> no, I, I don't want a Hideo Kojima <laughs> sports Me neither, game. actually. Although, I would love to know how sports work in, like, the Metal Gear Solid world, <laughs> where there's all this, you know, espionage and this weird technology. Like, who's the solid snake I get that gets super excited about sports? Like, oh, this offense must be the... <laughs> this is art. But he's mixed in this. You can tell that this ball has been used 14 times by this handler. It's got specific wear patterns, which affects the spiral formation. Only the Russians use footballs made out of this. The Russians don't even play football. So the other stealth game we really played is Thief. And I definitely think Metal Gear Solid 2 is better than Thief in terms of gameplay. Uh, Zach's giving me a look. but I think We the- played Splinter Cell. Okay. <laughs> well, well, that's above Thief, though. Weirdly, I actually think Thief plays better as a stealth game. I'm way more into Metal Gear Solid, though. So. Well, and I'm way more into it. But I actually, like, I appreciate what Thief's trying to do with, like, making you get a map and making you plan the heist yourself. But I actually think Metal Gear Solid gives you more options with things like the cardboard box, the... As a game, blockers. I think Thief plays better. I mean, as a whacked-out experience, if you want to watch somebody else play it, Metal Gear is probably a better option. I, I actually agree with Zach on that. I think Thief is a better okay, you do. game mechanically, but I am way more into Metal Gear Solid. So, uh, But do we put it above? Because like I yeah. said, I think... Okay. That, that I is my so. I, I know you don't, but I'm asking what Tyler's vote is since he's well, cause we're, more Well, because we're a video game podcast, not a is-this-art podcast. Yeah, but like... The trick about video games is you have to take them as a whole, right? They're an experience where like, the cutscenes are part of the video game, right? It's disingenuous to extract them. But it's a thing where Tycho of Penny Arcade once, when talking about our video game's art, said, of course they are. They're made up of art. They have to be art. And I completely disagree with that. Um, <laughs> That's I agree a with weird his categorization. But not at all with his logic of, like, if you take a but like, an art gallery can be art. But, like, museums are not innately art, right? Yeah, they can be, but they are not necessarily. They are holders for art. But I actually think Metal Gear, one of the reasons it's good is not just, like, just watching all the cutscenes would not give you the feeling of Metal Gear. The, like, gameplay mechanics and the way it uses those to tell story are also important. So I think we have to, like, take it as a whole. Although, I, like I said, I actually think it does play mechanically better than Thief. So much higher than Thief, we have Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. I actually think this game's better than Splinter Cell, but we also put Splinter Cell way higher than I would. So like, just looking <laughs> at stuff around it, there's there's a ton of stuff below it. I would not put uh, Metal Gear Solid Two above. So I would say below for that reason. Um, and I will say Metal or uh, Splinter Cell is a much better stealth game, I think, than Metal Gear. I think Splinter Cell is a better game than Metal Gear. So I probably agree with that. I don't know that it's a better experience. Overall, but I think Splinter Soul is a better game. So for that reason, I would probably put Metal Gear below that. So this is a very weird one, but I found another one that I'm like, it's ranked here on the, based on the experience, I feel like, which is Sin and Punishment. Also, yeah. Also not a great game, but it is definitely an experience. <laughs> so Wild Guns is in the top 100. Dude, Wild Guns is so good. You guys love that game. And I, I know I did. I just didn't <laughs> think it was still in the top 100. They put out a remake of that with two more characters and a couple extra levels. What's it on? Uh, it's just on the uh, Switch store. It's like 20 bucks, though. And yeah, it's like, that's like, a little bit too pricey. Yeah, it's like, if it was like $10. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, Sin and Punishment versus Metal Gear. I, I think Sin and Punishment is a bit better, because I'm, well, I'm always looking at it through one thing. Sin and Punishment handles better. It's more fun to play, I think. It's more fun to um, play the game. I feel like, weirdly, the story in Metal Gear Solid makes more sense. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good thing. <laughs> like, I, again, like, I feel like I have to take it as a whole, and 
a thing I don't think we really talked about is lots of indie games do the stuff that Metal Gear did right now, but we didn't have indie games like that in 2001, right? And it's also kind of wild that Metal Gear Solid 2, one of the like biggest releases on PlayStation 2 at the time, a huge release, is doing all these super weird things. Maybe a little less surprising since Metal Gear Solid did some of that, but well, at I that think time an frame, it was a it. lot more acceptable to do weird things with your yeah, games you could and experience. not march in lockstep with what yeah. everybody else was doing. You could experiment more with AAA titles than you can now, which is kind of why I think there is an indie game market, is because there is a room to experiment there. Modern day, you avoid the double, you avoid AAA, go as high as AA, and that's about the best ones you're going to find. This is a really tough one for me, because, like, at the end of the day, like, if I'm ever going to replay a game, right, it's not going to be Metal Gear Solid 2. It's going to be Sin and Punishment. Partially, that's because it's fast-paced and pretty short. Well, a lot better games... A lot, a lot of games exist that play better than Metal Gear Solid. Yes, that's an argument I don't think you can. Yeah, that's that's a point I don't think you can. Like how Payday plays better than Metal Gear Solid if you want to be stealthy. I don't know. I'm really torn on this one. I think I will probably have to give it to Sin and Punishment at the end of the day. I think it's a more coherent game. Okay, so a game that came out around the same time and is I feel like I made comparisons to this franchise this episode. It's also a game that I think the experience is better than the gameplay is Kingdom Hearts. Oh, uh, we think God. it compares. Um, I hate both of these things. <laughs> and I love both of these things because Me they're too. simultaneously extremely serious and also extremely stupid. I think I would probably, if there was Kingdom Hearts 2, would it be no challenge? Oh, yeah. But Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts plays better than Metal Gear Solid 2 does. As, as bad as that game <laughs> plays, it plays better than, than this one does. So I'd have to put Kingdom Hearts above Metal Gear Solid. And I am just so here for all these wacky military shenanigans. I, th I think I might have to put Metal Gear Solid above Kingdom Hearts. So that comes down to the guy who has played every single Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> yes, and most of the Metal Gear games. Um, I actually think Metal Gear Solid 2 is better than Kingdom Hearts. Again, if this was Kingdom Hearts 2, no contest. That's way better the game than either Kingdom Hearts or Metal Gear Solid 2. But I think the ideas Metal Gear Solid 2 is playing with are more interesting. Kingdom Hearts, you know, is the one that's the most, hey, let's take a bunch of Disney worlds and make this a game. It's kind of got the least interesting stuff going on, and the gameplay really isn't there yet. Like I said, I actually like the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid 2. I'm mostly just, like, really interested in the themes it explores and, yeah. like, the well, weird-ass nonsense. Don't get me wrong, that's what I'm actually here for, but I enjoy the thrill of getting caught and trying to get away with it that this provides. Yeah, and like like you said, maybe I'm just spoiled on Phantom Pain because it's done so well there. Yeah, it, it, no, don't get me wrong. This formula got way better in both other games and in this series sequence. When I was playing Phantom Pain, there was no really, oh, time to disengage. It was, they spotted me. Out comes the saw. But Phantom <laughs> Pain has that amazing mechanic where you get the like slow motion split second to save yourself. So that kind of fills in that role more than actually the you know the combat phase that you part. get in. Metal Gear Solid 2, it's kind of shifted to that bit. Because you got a second to, you know, save yourself from being caught. So, another super weird game with 2 at the end is Final Fantasy 2. I wouldn't say that's super weird. It's definitely Final kind of... Fantasy 2? That's the one where you get more hit points by getting hit. And you get higher attack by attacking people. Oh. Yeah, it's the one where you level up stats by doing the thing that involves a stat. Um... <sighs> I always feel awkward about this one because I tried to play it on my phone and it handled really poorly there. Yeah, the Final Fantasy games on phones are not good. Yeah, there are so many things I like about Final Fantasy 2 and even more I do not like about it. Like, 
I'm really glad I played that game. I'm never, ever going to play Final Fantasy 2 ever again. That said, I'm probably never going to play Metal Gear Solid 2 ever again, but I think Metal Gear Solid 2 will live much more fondly in my heart. So that is my answer. Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it plays better than Final Fantasy 2, in addition to being more interesting. I feel like it's too difficult for me to actually give my opinion on that one, because like I said, I tried to play it on my phone and it handles so poorly. It's so, just got a lot of really weird a, ideas. It's just such fantasy. a bad port that yeah. it was really hard to get behind it. So we're at the point where we're definitely in the right area of the list and we just have to dial in. So I'm just going to go with sequels. And this is a Konami sequel, so at least it's got that going to it. How do we think it compares to Castlevania 3? That was the first Castlevania I played, I think. Yeah, Castlevania 3 definitely has some rough patches, but it's still got that Castlevania form. No, I played I played 2. I I'm think. trying to remember which one 3 is. is 3 it? is the one where you uh, have the alternate characters you can play as and the Are, multiple <laughs> routes. You can play as Alucard. You can play as the character with magic whose name I can't think of. Maria? Yeah. I remember going like the absolute hardest way in this. I think I'd have to give it to Castlevania 3. Oh, oh, this one. This one. Okay, man, we played this so long ago. Okay. Also pretty tough for me, because I actually really like this one. I'd probably say Metal Gear Solid. I think I'm with Zack on Castlevania 3, honestly. I think it plays better. Um, you know, I, I'm the one who's defended the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid 2, but I don't think it plays as well as Castlevania 3. So Yeah, I, I was really on the fence, because I do really like Castlevania 3. It's mechanically pretty sound. So so I'm not sure if Zack played this game. It would have been one of the first ones he did if he did. It's a game you and I really like, which is Blaster Master. Oh, yeah. I no, I never. Master. I didn't play that one. I think Blaster Master is better. Really? Yeah. Really? Do you know, like, I, I do Metroidvania? not. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, because it's a half-ass Metroidvania, and it's got, like, time limits and stuff. Like, it, it was still trying to figure out what the hell it wanted to be between platformer or not. Right, was Blaster uh, Master the tank? Yeah. That's yeah, the one where tank, you're and tank, you have, and like, you have to get out sometimes. I, I, I did play that one. Okay. Um, so we now have a tie-breaking vote. I think I agree with Tyler. Okay. But don't get me wrong. I really like Blaster Master, but I, it's got too many problems, I think. So the final question. Is Metal Gear Solid 2 better or worse than Planescape Torment? Huh. Both I think of both of them play really poorly, but they're both lo- super important to video game history and did a lot of interesting And things. they're both way too freaking long-winded. What is a man snake but a miserable pile of military secrets? <laughs> Wrong game. <laughs> no, it isn't. As a defender of its gameplay, I think Metal Gear Solid 2 plays better. And again, the themes it's playing with are way more interesting because Planescape Torment is playing with some basic fantasy themes. And it's got interesting ideas, don't get me wrong. Like the succubus who's trying to redeem herself. It's mostly just got an interesting world to explore. Yeah. And that's really what it's got going on, is like, look at this interesting fantasy world that's slightly different from what you expect. I wanted to like Planescape Torment a lot, and I just could not get into it. That was really, I really wanted to like it more than I did. And I was not expecting to like Metal Gear Solid nearly as much as I did, so... Really? Like, because that seems like such a... It seems so made for you. But you bounce off one real fast, right? Right? Yeah, and which, that's why I was super to surprised like to. me. So I didn't have I, I didn't have any expectations going in, but I didn't care. <laughs> so it sounds sounds like we're saying better. I, I will I give it to am. Metal Gear Solid, and, and Zach seems on the fence. So we have two and a half votes for it. <laughs> Close enough. So Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty will go at number ninety above PlayStation Torment and below Castlevania Three, knocking Resident Evil out of the top hundred. Alas. So what are we going to play next week, Zach? Since you like this game so much, do you want a different super realistic military thing? Please tell me there are fun boss fights where a guy made out of bees called The Rage yells at you. And I thought it was The Pain. It is The Pain. The Rage is a different guy. 
and then there's the sorrow later which is just a river you have to wade through of all the people you've killed in the game so if you didn't kill anyone that's so awesome yeah you just like the fight just ends but you know if you've killed everybody you've met it just goes on forever and the end who uh is an a hundred year old sniper who might just die if you take too long if you take two weeks if you set the game clock to two weeks ahead of time he dies of old age there's also a chance for you to snipe him early on the game if you find the the hidden sniper rifle at the earliest possible opportunity there's it's not actually a cutscene. you're just watching it from far away if you have the sniper rifle you can take the shot though and then you don't fight him at the end so i we're gonna play a game that i've wanted to play for a while it's one that i periodically play just for fun it's one of my like top games i've ever played is it the one space marine game Warhammer 40k Space Marine. <laughs> they were up all night thinking of that name. No. I didn't think it was, but... No, we're going to play the one that basically started it all. Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. You know, the best series are the ones that start to get good at 4. You know, like, uh, what, what's the one with... Is it just Halloween? It is just Halloween. Wow. Yeah, it's like just Halloween. Halloween. Um, the Marvel Universe. What's the fourth Marvel Universe movie? Is that Avengers? Um, Iron, see, Man. Iron Man. You count Incredible or... Hulk. You count Incredible Hulk. Which one? Huh? Which no, one? The, the Edward Norton one, which was produced at the same time and ends with J- Robert Downey Jr. showing. Does it? Yeah, it, he's after credits. You know the way Nick Fury shows up after uh, the yeah, credits okay, of Iron Man? Probably. I'd... Then th- then it's Thor. And Thor's not that great. It's, it's fine. I really liked Thor. It, it's because fine. Because it's got a couple of jokes that were like they put the, them in there for me. Yeah, no, look, I'm not saying Thor's a bad movie. I'm just saying it, it's it's not great. This one is a game that is legitimately at the top of like every one of my personal best games I've ever played lists. It was so. the first Call of Duty I ever played. Wasn't actually the first one I ever played. Did you? I, act- no, 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 I played three. Yeah, lots I, of people played three. I think that's when the series started. Like, it was like the la- it was like a launch title for the 360. So a lot of people played it because there wasn't another shooter on the 360. I guess Perfect Dark, but Perfect Dark on the 360 kind of sucked. That was also a port. So. No, it wasn't. Oh, that one, Perfect Dark Rezero, the Rezero naming. Yeah, that one kind of. I forgot about that one. Uh, restarting life and another Joanna Dark. <laughs> <laughs> so next time and last time, fish.